Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome Welcome to to Ditch Ditch the the Script. This is going to be, this is going to be gold, this episode, I feel like. Holy crap, so much happened, so much is going on, and I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I've I've been so excited Uh, to to talk about this today. Last night's episode was really interesting and not in, like, the typical, like, razzmatazz, here's some built-up drama, like, some genuinely interesting social dynamics oh my god i have a lot of thoughts very me too yeah i um again still super proud of the way michelle is handling it all carrying herself doing all of the things um but last night's episode i feel really painted the picture of why it is so freaking important for women to watch people's behaviors over a period of time consistent consistency is key and um last night we had a lot of interesting green flags red flags back and Mm -hmm. forth people being manipulative Mm -hmm. and not forthcoming Mm -hmm. so are you ready are you ready to let me let me take it let me take a sip of this coffee yeah prepare yourself if you hear some rattling around it's uh a starbucks that was prescribed to me by myself because I needed it. Starbucks iced coffee and Alex has sparkling green tea pineapple beverage. That sounds delightful. Are you kidding? It really is. No. It's... Trader Joe's, man. They're the best. Yeah, they crush it every time. Okay, I I'm curious okay. what are your so... what were your green flags? Well, my green flags, okay, so honestly, I had um, a lot of green flags for Jamie on his freaking one-on-one until it became very clear that those green flags were very calculated green flag moves. Yeah. And that was very illuminating, and I think this is a perfect example uh, to unpack for women on how, you know, it's, it is it is our responsibility. It's, you know, whoever is listening to this, no matter what you got between your legs or how you identify, the reality is, is that it is your responsibility to pay attention and to make sure that you're being honest with yourself um, before you're getting ahead of yourself emotionally, mm-hmm. right? Because on their one-on-one date, Jamie was articulate about his past without with being able to manage his emotions and um, very forthcoming with what you know, the contrast of Michelle's life and seeing her healthy relationship from her parents and what his upbringing was. And I was like, okay, this shows healing to me. This shows growth because if someone is still very much wounded from their past, it's going to be a lot of emotions, maybe a little bit of manic behavior. And he didn't show that until later. Right. Yeah. When he was, he got himself into Go he ahead. got himself into some trouble. Uh, as far as how his one-on-one date goes, um, Jamie talks like 
you just said, Jamie talked a lot about his upbringing and he unfortunately uh, lost his mother to suicide. And it clearly, mm. like, as it would anyone, really affected him. And he carried that with such, like, emotional responsibility. And it, it like, allowed him to be vulnerable in that space. Michelle was obviously really touched um, he even shed light on how he appreciated how she responded because she didn't just jump to this. I'm so sorry that happened to you because for him, as he explained, this is part right. of what makes me who I am, which shows a lot of strength. Um, yeah, I, right. I loved getting to know that part of him and it, it struck a, a value that I have outside of the show, just in like my waking life, which is the more that you get to know people intimately, the the more that we are able to appreciate them as human beings, that doesn't necessarily mean that it, it leads towards romantic connection all the time, all the time, but it does allow you to right. like see them in a state that is, allows them to be, be far more human. And I love that about mm -hmm. socializing. I love that about our ability to get to know each other. Um, what was, I, I'm glad I learned that because if I saw his, behavior that followed, I would have been far more judgmental about him. So <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, that was, that was tough. That was tough. He, maybe, maybe we need to give some context about the Jamie situation, which we obviously started talking about last week. Yeah. We, we know that yeah. Michelle and, and I'm sorry, J I'm sorry, Joe. Joe. We know that Michelle and Joe yeah. know each other. I knew what you meant. <laughs> you knew what I meant. It's a lot yes. of Jane names. It's it's tough up here. So she knew Joe from Minneapolis, and she was honest about that. At least she was honest with the producers. So we as an audience knew that. I don't know how many people in yeah. the um, like yeah house. in the house actually knew. But so mm -hmm. Jamie and this other guy start getting really concerned about the relevance of Joe. Does she know Joe? Did she date Joe? Jamie had caught wind of this rumor yeah. that Michelle was connected with someone that fit the description of Joe. And so he yeah. clearly felt feelings about that. And then he pulled her for a chat and he immediately, from my perspective said, Oh, other people are feeling that way. Other people are red flag. <laughs> he did not own the fact that this was something that he was mulling over and something uh -huh. that was bothering him. Yes. Yeah. And so this is, I'm so glad you and I are picking this up in the same way because this is, this is the reality folks is that when there is a lack of um, confidence with yourself, there's a lack of self-trust, whether that's from past trauma, whether that's from, you know, whatever life or lack of maturity, whatever. Um, we go into conversations trying to uh, remain blameless, right? And so we assign uh, the blame to other people because then we feel more confident pointing the finger elsewhere saying like, in Jamie's response, I'm very much paraphrasing here, but he basically was saying, look, it's not an issue with me, mm -hmm. but there's other people in the house that have a problem with this seemingly previous connection that you and Joe have. We don't feel like we're starting out on the pl same playing field. At no point was he like, 
I'm the one that is a little concerned. I've noticed this. This is also what I heard. And it's just making me feel a little uncomfortable. And I'd love to gain insight from your perspective on what happened before we got Which here. Which I think right? would've been, that would have been the healthy way to handle it. That would have been totally acceptable. Sexy. That would have been sexy AF mm. if he was like, oh, shoot, you know, we had a one on one. I felt like we really connected. And now I'm getting in my head because I see this connection you have with Joe. And I feel like there's some familiarity there. And I also heard from a friend of mine that you might have been seen with him. Like, healthy communication like that i don't know about you but it gets me going it's like oh okay all mm -hmm. right you're an emotionally mature man like you're willing to show up and be honest with me and she could have addressed so it she i was addressed it right then and right there and instead the poor guy not the poor i mean i'm a little frustrated with jamie if i'm being completely honest but because of the way he brought this up to her and was trying to look like the innocent in this whole situation mm -hmm. it Poor Michelle really is what happened is she's now freaking out because she's like, oh, my God, there's this rumor going around. No one's coming to me about it. It's just turning into gossip. Mm -hmm. And now she's all I don't know who to trust. Right. So, she, you know, and I don't know who trusts. It put me. her in a really difficult position because she she got this. She's just working off of what was shared with her, which is one right. person. And yeah. everyone in the house feels some type of way. She has she has no idea how much of the house makes up this collective concern but so she thinks the best right. way for her to handle it um is to gather everyone and make note of it and in that she had to be quite like kind of painfully honest about her history with joe which she really didn't need to get into with anyone but joe which she'd already dealt with she'd already done managed that. yeah right and so she has yeah. to address everyone and which made, which was so uncomfortable for her. And you could tell that that was the last thing that she wanted to do, but it felt like the, the smartest thing that she could do with the information that she thought that she had. So no right. one says anything because the one other person, which I don't even know that dude's name, just bleached, bleached head guy, bleached head guy. Oh yeah. That guy. <laughs> He's concerned, but he says mm -hmm. nothing. She's like opening it up. And he says nothing. Nope. Jamie obviously says nothing. So is Rodney. Mm. Which, oh, by the way, Rodney came up in like a confessional thing with his producers and Jordan and I were like, who are you? <laughs> we still have not met. We've only met the villains. They've done such a good job totally. of front loading us with that. I'll be honest. As and you're, as you're saying this, who's Rodney? <laughs> who's Rodney? He's the, he had a Navy suit on. He had a Navy suit on. He kind of has a smaller head. Um, I don't know how else to describe him. Um, I don't even know what his job title is. Yeah, he's just, he's been, uh, he's been He quiet. seems like a good dude. He was, he was the one, well, he was, look, this was my, Jordan and I were screaming at the TV last night because mm. here's what happened. She opens the floor in a very mature way. Again, Michelle handling it like a freaking badass babe. Okay. Mm vulnerable explains what's going on opens the floor does anyone have any questions do you have any feelings that you want to share and communicate silence you can hear a pin drop mm -hmm. the second she walks away rodney's all did i miss every conversation mm. in the house like he says that he literally says that and i'm like bro that's what you should have said when she opened the floor because immediately that would have shed light on who the real culprit of this information right. is, which bleached head guy, right. full well, even they know right. because Jamie was fr telling them. Right. That okay. Now, so now I'm for aware. Me, now I'm aware who that is. That's Granny Smith guy. 
Okay. That's Apple. That's Apple dawning. Oh, that's Apple man. That's, that's Apple right. Man. That is Apple man. <laughs> Rodney is Apple yeah, man. I totally agree with you though. Uh, like, I like our nicknames better. You know, too. So Apple guy, <laughs> I agree with you. If he, if mm. he were to have been like, actually, I'm really confused. I'm really confused. I don't yep. know what's going on. Can someone shed some light? That would have, I mean, maybe it would have made it more uncomfortable for Michelle because she would have been like, what alternate universe am I living in now? But at least she would have been able to be confronted with the fact that this is a, this is not the. Jamie problem. Yeah, exactly. This is not the descripted uh, issue that she was fed. Um, I I was thinking a lot about last night about why he may have made the choice that he did, which you, you've really sort of shared with us already. It, It didn't feel so comfortable for him to own his feelings. So he put it on other people. And I think that, I think that we, as a group, have a tendency to do that far more often than we should instead of owning our feelings because hundred feelings is brave and it is scary, but the payout is and vulnerable. Yeah. It's vulnerable. The payout is worth it though. To put it on other people, you get a situation like this where it blows up. Mm-hmm. That blew all the yeah. way up. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not worth it because like I said a minute ago, if Jamie had just confronted her, owned his feelings, requested the clarification he wanted, that would have been a five minute to 10 minute convo between the two of them that didn't lead to canceling the rest of the cocktail party that would have bonded their emotional intimacy and matured their relationship. Mm -hmm. Because let's be real, Brie, you and I, Freaking know that mature, healthy, long-term relationships require uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. So the fact that he had one date with her on this second week and is already displaying this lack of confidence in doing that to me, that's like mm, something to watch. I would probably, I would probably distance myself from him if I if I was dating someone. Definitely, like that, right? That's that's uncomfortable for me. Also, she doesn't know what we know, so there's some dramatic irony right. going on. But hopefully, that'll come to yeah. the light soon. The other red flag in this behavior of Jamie's following that was obviously now Michelle's left. the The men are trying to work out a plus b equals. MXB and they're they're losing the plot and Jamie is just making expressions with his with his forehead which I like surprised but but I also feel like he's like giving it away that like because he's also looks like he's offended by the way people are talking about the behavior it is really interesting to while we've decided that like the behavior came from just like a, a a step to the right of the the honest thing to do it's not this like villainous action but the way that people will are able to talk about it when they actually don't know who it's coming from and have no idea why it becomes this what a scumbag when really like it's a red flag and it's a sign of insecurity and some emotional challenges but it, it is not the villainous trap that it got sort of blown up to be, but this is what happens when you don't own your shit. Like people, people started talking and, and then the the thing that I found funniest, um, 
was probably so uncomfortable is that Jamie is this like trusted guy in this group. And that's very clear. So he's in all of these little Mm -hmm. smaller bit conversations following the wake of that. And everyone's just like, ah, yeah, you feel me right, man. And he's just like, oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And to me, that's that like me. the concern that gave me the like ick. for, I gave me the, ick. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred, hundred percent because again, lack of honesty, lack of transparency, transparency, integrity, like it, because of the insecurity that's there mm-hmm. and the lack of self-trust, I personally believe is what his wounds are that he needs to kind of confront a little bit more before he can get into a healthy long-term relationship. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we've kind of unpacked the Jamie thing. Yeah. Um, I do want to move over to Peter. Who, my first week, I didn't say this last week, Brie, I know I texted you a photo of my dinner, but because he's a pizzeria man, I don't know why every, I nicknamed him Meatball Sub. I'm giving you all this roundabout information. I don't know why. First week, Italian guy makes Italian food. I was craving a Meatball Sub. That was what I nicknamed him. And you also, important important to know, you made that Meatball Sub. I did. I was craving it that within 24 hours, I made that meatball sub. <laughs> and it was damn And honestly, good. It's, the, okay? it's the best thing that Peter has given us since. A hundred percent, because walking red flag. Yeah, Peter. Walking red Peter's, flag. Meatball guy is arrogant AF. <laughs> and like, yeah. so the setting is he's on a group date. He's... Uh, in a classroom, Michelle hits him with the teacher reference early. She takes him into a classroom where she yeah. clearly has like child out of the actors way. who are like, she's, she's putting these boys to shame because she's asking them to spell like really basic words and ask them to do like basic math, but challenging for me. And she's just making them feel like fully emasculated, especially regarding their intelligence. And Peter is just being, he's being a tryhard and he's being boisterous Mm -hmm. and he's talking a lot. And like, I don't even see that she's noticing, but the other guys are like, Oh, this guy, Peter, he's just a lot. And I, when some, when a lot of people have energy like that, I am typically the person that's like, Ooh, I have to back away. I have to, I'm going to yeah, shrink. Exactly. I, I, yeah. I want to shrink and I want to be in a corner and be away far, far away. Yeah. So I, let's talk about that for a second. This, di- this dynamic of like someone's very energy takes up a lot of space mm-hmm. and someone's, if someone feels the need to shrink themselves. Mm-hmm. So I talk a lot about masculine feminine energies with my clients and energy work period is very important mm-hmm. in my, like what i in my opinion. Okay. And you just painted that as a great picture. There are dynamics where everything is always trying to reach homeostasis, right? With the earth, we see it with natural disasters occurring. It's trying to fix itself, things like that. Right. Same thing within this small example of a classroom. You have someone who's taking up a lot of space, which forces the other people to bring it down because it's trying to find a balance. They're trying to balance out his energy to maintain the homeostasis and status quo of the group. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And that can, that can be really offensive to some people. Like who was it when they, when she said, spell the word narcissist and someone said, Peter, Peter, Mm -hmm. 
Ooh. Yeah, that's. So what are your thoughts on that? That was a, that was a heavy dig. I don't know if it was so appropriate to do in the setting, but it was done. I did get Agreed. a little chuckle out of it because Peter was doing the absolute most to the nth degree. Yep. Um, I think what was really interesting about that is how it, the, the emotional reaction that Peter had in that and then what it, what it sort of became throughout the rest of the show. Yeah. Like it, it ended up taking on a life of its own because it became this very heated energy between Peter and this other guy. I'd love to know his name. Will. Will. Thank you. Will. So Peter and Will get into it and they are having at it to a way, to a degree that it's, it's actually become pretty distracting. What did you think about it Mm -hmm. to start? Oops. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Sorry. My, my phone alarm went off. Not sure if you heard it. I, I, Anyone else have alarms set throughout their day to make sure that they stay on task? Because apparently Alex has my, my mom has my okay, mom has a couple. So, she has one that goes off at three o'clock that reminds her to be optimistic, which she I, love I know that. she really does. I'll I'll hear it and I'll scream from the other room. I'll go, What are you optimistic about? What are you optimistic about, Mom? And she's like, I, shut up. that's cute Mm -hmm. though um so i agree with you i feel like it was kind of uncalled for for will to make that move but i also think that that's shedding light on will's projection and insecurities and all of that so and i i you know i actually have a quote from will that in my opinion sheds just as much light on his character as it does peter so in this example it was really fascinating to watch because both of these guys in my opinion are two gentlemen that I would eliminate um, for a few reasons. So one, Peter's explosive anger over something. Let's be real, guys. The truth is, is that if you know your truth and you're comfortable and confident with yourself and you know you're not a narcissist, you would laugh right. at that, right? You would be like, okay, bro. Mm-hmm. And you would let mm-hmm. it go. You wouldn't dig into that. And I think a lot of people need that reminder is like, you know your truth. If someone's trying to say something else, fight, play, fighting fire with fire leaves mm-hmm. nowhere. Be the water in that mm-hmm. situation. Be the water. Calm mm-hmm. it down. And the way you do that is by not engaging. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because if you know that, that that doesn't define you as a person, you know those aren't your qualities, you wouldn't engage right. that way. Right? Yeah. But he did. And he went zero to 150 plus. Yeah. And Will fought right back at him. And I want to talk about their interaction Ooh, during the cocktail yeah. ceremony, like yeah. or party they're, they're or whatever, like a little group like, date moment. Yeah, I thought that it was crazy that they were fighting so loud that while she was having a one-on-one moment with one of the other guys, that you could hear it. And it is amazing that she didn't mm-hmm. like she didn't get off track for a moment. I agree. I would have been like, hold up, I'm a little distracted. But she was she was working really hard to be focused in on this guy that deserved to have that time with her. Agreed. Um, yeah. And she deserved to have the time with yeah. him to get to know him, but it's such a shame. And stuff like this always pops up. And I get that it could be about like beefing yeah. up the show and making it like more interesting because it's dramatic. But the thing is, is, when you really like boil it down, it does take away time from from contestants that need the opportunity to have small 
one-on-one moments so that they can build a connection with her or whoever the main mm-hmm. person, the, the targeted partner is because you, if without that, you really have nothing. So they get really yeah. loud. And I met, and I noted this <laughs> in my notebook, which is that like bruised egos really always take away from the whole point of the show. It always escalates. It Agreed. always becomes distracting. I loved, however, how Michelle addressed him. Yeah. So before we get to how Michelle addressed him, because I agree with you, I fuck, she trained him in that moment. Literally. I agree. We're going to get there. But I do, I do want to talk about um, how with Will in, and Peter, they were yelling over one another. There was no, no one was listening. Yes. They were just screaming at each yes. other. Literally, like, they were talking simultaneously at each other, not with each other. Right. And let's talk about yelling. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk let's about Let's talk yelling about yelling. Because <laughs> it's not okay. Yelling no. is not okay. It is very damp. There's a lot of science that shows how damaging it is to the body and the brain and how it erodes a relationship because the person being yelled at starts to just silence themselves mm. out of the fear and discomfort that yelling brings. Mm. So there's a lack of respect that starts to happen when you're yelling at a partner, whether that's a friend, romantic, who anyone, and even parental child relationships. Mm-hmm. Yelling is just something that, in my opinion, is unacceptable. And of course, we all have the tendency to raise our voice. And I'm going to, before I pass it to you, Bri, just want to say one more thing. We yell when we don't feel like we're being right. heard. And so we escalate our voice as if that is going to get the person to understand us when really what needs to happen is a timeout. We need to freaking calm the hell down and then be able to find our words in a comfortable tone in order to make any progress, which neither of them had the emotional maturity to do for one another. Now we can talk about. Well, no, I actually, in response to that, I totally, I totally agree because if we're in, if we're, choosing to enter any kind of conflict. And a lot of times we avoid conflict. So if we're actually making the Mm. choice to address it, it's because we want to say something and we want it to be heard. And when you are saying without listening and also saying Mm. without being heard, which yelling is going to create, especially yelling on top of each other there, Mm -hmm. you have accomplished nothing. You have only added Mm -hmm. pieces to the conflict puzzle. And if this is between Mm -hmm. you and your partner, I fear the like later conclusions that you might have about one another and the ways that you communicate, Mm -hmm. like you really have to take a step back. If you're still feeling angry, you have to check in with how that conversation went. Did, did I even hear what they were saying? Cause I know that I didn't feel hurt. What did, what do we need to do differently to be able right. to, to get to a place where I don't feel on fire afterwards and neither do you? Yeah. And I think sometimes it's as simple as that. Hey, I'm not feeling heard right now. Let's take a time out so we can come back to this later and both feel like we're understanding the other person, right. you know, like whatever verbiage works for you, but 
call it out. I can, I can promise you this. You will make more progress within your relationships if you can just say what you're thinking instead of trying to um, get your point across. Similar to how Jamie was. You know, he wasn't being truthful with what he was thinking, so he found some other way to bring that up and point the finger at something. And same with Will and Peter. You know, if Peter had been like, bro, that really hurt my feelings. That's not cool with me. I felt like it was a lack of respect. Can you be mindful of that moving forward? And Will was like, yeah, homie, sorry that I made you feel that way. You know, I was just caught up in the moment and I did something that wasn't cool. You know, if the roles were reversed, that would hurt my ego mm-hmm. too. And, you know, you know, but my bad mm-hmm. bro hug mm-hmm. done, you know, that could have been a way more successful way, but it wasn't that it was, you did this and that, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. not helpful. on some toxic ass shit really toxic for and real true to really? michelle's feelings about it it that was a red flag for her so she approached she approaches uh-huh. peter she just at least we don't see it we don't see her have a conversation with will um but she approaches nope. peter and she is like i was getting you were serving aggression you were serving anger it was giving a lot of drama like what's that about And, you know, he goes into his very well thought out of, you know, insight as to how he was her and how inappropriate it was. I love that Mm -hmm. he was like, and to say that in front of the kids, you don't give a fuck about those kids. (laughs) You really don't. Like that was, that was just carefully placed there to beef up your defense. Right. And Mm -hmm. she's like, okay, I hear that. I hear that that upset you. I can't pretend to know what that would feel like in your shoes, but I'm going to piss you off at some point. So Mm -hmm. if I'm on the receiving end of that, that's going to be a problem. Agreed. Yes, girl. I thought that that was so important. And it really was. And I'm trying to look for the quote through my notes right now. I'm going to paraphrase, but I feel like she basically, I might be quoting her. I thought I wrote this down, but I digress. She said to him, when you yell, no one hears you, Mm. and which is true. And so the fact that she can be that articulate and express, I don't know if you've read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, but it basically explains that. It's like when you're trying to, um, you know, convince someone or influence someone to do something, you need to have them understand why it's in their best interest, right? It can't be all about you. Right. And so when she brought up to uh, Peter, it's like, which guy are we yeah. talking about? Peter, <laughs> meatball man. <laughs> when she brought that up to Peter, she was like, dude, if you want to be heard, you can't yell. Right. right. She didn't say it like that. She says, when you yell, no one will hear you, right. which is the more mature way to position it. But that very much subliminally, subliminally was giving him the message of like, you can't talk to me like that because the set and it's true, you know, your nervous system gets dysregulated. You can't hear selective hearing is a thing, especially when you're upset. So she's educating. Right. And very much stating you don't talk to me that way. Right. And he, and I thought that he killed it. uh, He got, he got that cue from her because he, she said that and he just sort of like, you know, put his tail between his legs and moved on effectively. Yeah. Um, but yeah. apparently we're not done with Peter because Peter, as my mom says, got the flower and 
got the flower. <laughs> I'm low-key wondering, and I actually, I have this here. Um, I sometimes wonder if the producers make them keep, because she's getting, like I wrote in here, I'm like, you're getting rid of the bad boys too fast. I, down. Like, I, I do, I wonder. I, I said the same thing. I thought, I, I told my mom, I was like, I bet that that was a, a production pull, you know? I bet Agreed. someone had a conversation with her that Agreed. was like, you're probably done with Peter, but I, something tells us for for ratings, we're going to need to keep him on. So yeah. I'm sure yeah. that there will be more red flag um, behavior from Peter that we will be unpacking here in future episodes. Agreed. Yeah, I feel like that. And same with Jamie. I feel like, look, okay, question for mm -hmm. you, Brianna. I want to know your opinion on this. Is there any way that you could see Jamie writing his mm. wrong do you feel like there's any way he could win michelle back or or if you were in michelle's shoes he could potentially well, win you back and so i'm i'm immediately thinking about the fact that he has to write his wrongs in two different spaces which he does not believe at this time he does agreed because to him he's like fuck what the boys think i don't i like yeah they can guess all they want on who started this like i'll never own up to it so <laughs> to address them, he's going to have to come clean, but I don't think he's going to. And I think it's going to blow up in his face. But I think that if he wanted to, he could just let them know like, hey, I did this. This is also why I, I didn't speak up. He could be really honest about um, why he miscommunicated, right? I think that it it would also serve to share with Michelle like, hey, I... When I came to you and I said other people were concerned about your relationship with Joe, I was actually concerned about your relationship with Joe. And I got nervous in that moment and I wasn't totally ready to own that, but I did want to, I did want to hear what you thought. And so I, I didn't take responsibility for the fact that it was my fear. I don't know if that would... Mm. I don't know what message that would send to her. Cause I'm sure that some people would be like, all right, I'm all, all the way done with this. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do mm -hmm. think that the, mm -hmm. as I feel in a lot of situations in which you have behaved in a way that maybe in the moment you weren't proud of, but definitely in hindsight, you're not proud of is to be forthcoming in the areas that you probably need to and and be vulnerable and be honest and it, it, take responsibility for not being perfect and to shedding a little bit of light on what your intention was and taking responsibility for the fact that for the fact that the impact was bad yeah i agree i feel like if there is any re redemption for Jamie, it's that. It's writing his wrongs with the house and just saying, boys, I'm actually the one that brought that up. For those of you I should chatted with after that I didn't confess that to, you know, I was embarrassed. I was, it doesn't justify it, but, you know, I messed up. Can you guys forgive me? Can we repair our relationships? You know, if anyone wants to talk, I'm open to talking. And then with Michelle, same thing. You know, like when I brought that up, I, I actually wasn't completely honest. It was truly me that was really concerned and out of my own embarrassment and nervousness for bringing this up. I mm -hmm. kind of pointed the finger and shifted blame to feel more confident in bringing this up to you. And that's messed up. And it's not the way I like to carry myself. It's not who I strive to be. And like, are we, can we get past that? Because if not then I think at this point it's best for me to go home if the damage has been done, you know? Right. And that would be like, that really is the only road to redemption for him at this point, whether or not he'll do it. We'll see. 
We'll see. My mom, my mom asked, my mom asked after she saw all that, all of his behavior and all of the ways in which he did, he continued to not own up the fact that he shared that false piece of information to Michelle. My mom goes, can, can she take a rose back? And I told her, I wish Mm -hmm. she could. I wish she could. She can't. I know. I feel like I've seen that happen one time. I can't remember whose season it was, but I might be making that up. But I I do feel like, "Mm, well, who knows? I feel like I've seen it happen once. I do want to touch on a couple other things that that came up with um, Peter. And something he said that I feel was really important for us to, to point out with educating whoever's listening to this podcast on things to listen for and look for while dating is his response when Michelle first confronted him about the whole yelling thing, which again, go Michelle for not waiting and immediately dealing with that. He said, and I quote, that's not who I am. Instead of you're right. I'm sorry. I did that. Mm -hmm. Right. When I feel like, and I don't know about you, I feel, and I don't feel like um, people necessarily say that's not me with malicious intent um, or to necessarily uh, not take ownership. But I do feel like it is a habit that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. because sure, that might not be who you want to be, but that is who you were in right. that moment. And positioning it from that place of like, you're right. My emotions got the best of me and that's not who I strive to be. Like language like that to me is more honest than trying to deflect and, and, and be like, you know, yeah, that's not me, you know? And, and I just, I wanted to hear your two cents on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on it. I also think that if someone's really quick, their, their first instinct is to deflect and say, that's not me. You're not taking any responsibility at all for the fact that you were right. physically that right. person over there doing, cause if it wasn't you, who was it? Five minutes yeah. ago. Who was, who was yeah. that then? Because it wasn't your stunt double and it wasn't your clone mm-hmm. and it wasn't your evil twin. So my guess is it was <laughs> all of, all of the atoms that make up you, Peter meatball guy. So yeah, like it, I, for me, a big, big red flag in all of my relationships is when people are unable to take responsibility for their actions and their behaviors. It's okay if that takes you time, but especially Mm -hmm. if I'm dating, if you're really quick to say, no, that wasn't me, or this is why, or this is what happened. Like that's a little bit of noise because all I'm not hearing, I did that. This is a little bit why this is maybe how I could have handled it differently. There's humanness in that and there's honesty in that, but there's also yeah. accountability. Yeah. Agreed. I think that those, that formula for ownership and apologizing and saying, this is how I can do better next time is what we need to be really looking for when we're trying to qualify people into our lives. Yes, totally. For show. For show. All right. Anything else stick out to you on this episode? I got to bring up salad guy and his mad lib fuck yeah date this this is interesting i'm gonna i have notes on salad guy (laughs) i'm gonna be honest 
And I'm really excited to hear your notes because I've been holding this. I've been keeping a lid on this since we got on here. Um, I yeah, am not prepared to like him or trust him yet. That was mm-hmm. a cute ass mm-hmm. date idea. And it was a smooth <laughs> operating move. And I didn't, I didn't observe any like big, major, major red flags in it outside of his mm-hmm. physical touch. His, his body language was, um, facilitating a lot of like a lot of closeness. Um, right. But the Mad Lib. Similar to what we pointed out right. last week. The Mad Lib thing was hella cute though. Ugh. What were yeah. your notes? Yeah. So, yeah. So <laughs> my notes were cringe. <laughs> um, literally. <laughs> you didn't like, you didn't like I... the Mad <laughs> I felt like it was rehearsed. I felt like it was, um, it was too good. Mm. You know, like I'll be, let me just start there with my experience with men who started off feeling like it was so right and too good to be true in the beginning. It usually ended up being that, Mm. you know, so I will say because of my own past and my own wounds, I have a very heavy filter that men need to pass Mm. through before I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you're good Mm -hmm. people, you know, and women too, if I'm being honest, Mm. like, you know, it's not necessarily a gender thing, but the reality is, and I don't, how do I say this? I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I'm happy to give, I'm open-minded about Rick at the same time while collecting my own trail of evidence, you know, that I'm just kind of keeping, you know, and I think that's what healthy dating should be, right? Is you're along for the ride, you're committed to the ride, you're on it. And at the same time, you're open to witnessing certain patterns and behaviors and just making note of them, you know? And then again, figuring out what part of those behaviors are most consistent and ones that are outliers. Yeah, that's really it. So my notes on him, like, uh, with the whole letter situation and all of that, like, you know, Michelle saying you're smooth to me is something that sheds light on the fact that it feels a little rehearse like it feels like again not too good to be Mm -hmm. true in the past when i've been when i've said those words to a guy it's usually that um and at the same time as far as rick's behavior again open to seeing where it leads i will say the one thing that i felt didn't sit right with me and i learned this from um Vanessa Van Hudgens, who's a woman who has uh, the science of people. She like literally studies people. And she was once, I was listening to her talk about, uh, you know, interrogations and criminals and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I tell that um, when someone's not being honest is they shake their head no when saying yes, essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's a mismatch of words and natural behaviors. So something he was saying is it felt so right. And Michelle is just such a wonderful woman. And he's shaking his head no Mm. while he's stating all of these positive things about her. And so is that like a conclusive end all be all like you're lying? No. But again, I just think he's someone to watch. I just think it is someone to keep an eye on moving forward to see how this progresses. You know, it's not glaring like Peter or Will. I forgot to go to the Will giveaway, too. We can go back to that in a second. But, you know, and but to me, that's even scarier Mm. is that it isn't so blatant yet. Mm -hmm. So let's just watch. Yeah. See what happens. I know. But yeah, I, I can absolutely acknowledge the cuteness of it. You know what? It's okay yeah. if it, it, this is also 
this is also like true to dating in general. Like there are going to be things that mm-hmm. uh, tickle someone's fancy and make them feel a little yeah. like, oh, that made me feel special. And then there are going to be other people that see that and they're like, hold up, that did nothing for me. And I feel right. even less inclined to spend time with you or get to know you more. Right. And that's, that's all okay. Yeah. I think that, um, as you mentioned at the top of this episode, like the consistency in his behavior will be what we're going to look out for. And, and that's really mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. about his like body language versus his words happening at the same time. Words. We're definitely going to be looking out for that. I, I still feel a really strong intensity in his, in how he talks about her in his um, confessionals because he is very eager. Eager is the word that I want to use. And it's eager in a way that feels um, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a red flag to me because it feels a little bit obsessive. Um, it's just yeah. sort of like nothing will stop me from getting time with my woman. And it's like, I don't know what world you live in, but that is a little scary. Hasn't. Yeah. Like it hasn't happened yet. She's not your woman. She's very much dating a bunch of dudes (laughs) at the same time right now. Um, and in contrast, I will say like another, uh, I feel bad pointing out Jamie's like green flags after the crazy that ended up happening in the episode. But I will say this in contrast to Jamie saying, this is a good start, Mm -hmm. right? Like on his date, he said, this is a good start. So that is the kind of language that a healthy person, again, not making the assumption that Jamie is 100% that, because as we just unpacked, he's not. But in if we're going to analyze verbiage and what we should be looking for versus not when we're first dating someone, it's more along those lines. Right. It's not like what uh, Rick did. And also Brandon, um, who was the guy in the pink shirt, who was saying things like memorize every part of you and dream about you, because he was like staring at her, the intense staring. Right. And that that made me a little anxious about him because it's just like, bro, how much time have you really had with this woman to say something that intense, you know? So people to keep an eye out for and note to self ladies, when you're meeting someone, if they're really, really intense, really quick, really obsessive, really quick, that's something to be yeah. Mindful of, you um, know? I feel like love bombing is more mm-hmm. of a buzzword than it was uh, a couple months ago. And, True. and but love bombing and sort of contains all of those behaviors that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. that strong mm-hmm. intensity right off the bat. Like maybe this person's not necessarily telling you that they love you yet, but they are showing you lots of signs of them feeling very entitled to time together um, and yeah. trying to facilitate that you yeah. in a relationship that you have not really quite reached yet. And that's a really dangerous nope, place for some people yet. because for some people that are like really seeking validation or just like really goal oriented to like be in love and not quite yet uh, aware mm-hmm. of the things that they actually are looking for in love. Um, it can be quite tempting to go with someone that is quote unquote being really clear about how they feel about you really straight on. And that's just something to have a second listen. 
Yep. Um, okay, so going back to the Peter and Will thing really quick, I will say this. I will say this about Will. Mm-hmm. Um, he made a comment to uh, Peter that I thought was just as uncalled for as Peter's own actions and behaviors. Okay, what was it? And um, I'm trying to find it. Wait for it. Wait for it. We're scrolling. So here's the statement I found. He said... So Peter and Will are going at it. They're at each other's throats. And Will says to Peter, what else can you have to offer besides a slice, bro? And then it cut to commercial. And, And to me, that is showing that Will is not innocent in this dynamic. And um, to me, that is devaluing Mm. of Peter. And again, what, when we analyze a statement like that, what is he really trying to Mm -hmm. say? He's trying to put Peter down to lift himself up. It's very contemptuous in nature. Mm -hmm. And if anyone follows me on the gram or TikTok, I talk about this all of the time. The four horsemen of the apocalypse as determined by Gottman Institute, contemptuous behaviors is one of the leading predictors of breakups and divorces. And so Mm. if you'll treat friends like that, people you hardly know we tend to treat those that we don't know well. with more respect right than those that we have yeah than those that we are private with behind closed doors so to me that's just for both of them peter and will but analyzing the statement from will that's really scary can you give too. another example of a contemptuous statement that you find comes up in relationship dynamics Yeah, like, you know, um, saying something, the one I tend to go to a lot of the time, just because it's a really easy example to kind of wrap your mind around what contemptuous Mm -hmm. statements are, is, you know, when are you ever going to learn how to tell time? I learned how to tell time when I was a kid. Mm. You know, it's like, I'm better than you. You're not good Mm. at this, right? And so, um, whereas something like what Will said, you know, what do you have to offer besides a slice? bro. It's patronizing saying a very, it's positioning. Yeah. It's positioning him less than he is, which is what contemptuous is content. Let's just talk about that. Um, to define it, it's when you're speaking down to a person as if you're more superior than them, whether that's smarter, stronger, better in whatever way, that's what a contemptuous statement is. Um, and so in that moment, that's exactly what that was. And it's sneaky. And if you don't know how to pay attention to it, it's going to really, really, it hurts. Like, especially if you're in a relationship with someone who talks to you like that all of the time, you know, you're not good enough at this or, you know, my ex use something that I think comes up a lot with unhealthy relationships is the comparison game where Mm -hmm. it's like, well, my ex used to do that with me. It's like, Oh no, that's nasty. That's not cool because no. uh, Yeah. And that's the thing is like when you when you ever witness someone trying to put you down in order to place themselves above you, whether that's teasing you about education, pointing out a flaw of yours or something you don't do well, or even if you do do something well and they're just saying that to pick a fight, red, red, red ass right. flag. And you want to be aware of people or your partners people that you're looking to make your partner, you want to be aware if they're doing that in their social settings, because I think Mm -hmm. something that we hear a lot from each other, which is 
oh yeah, I don't like that behavior when they do it with their friends, but that they don't do it with me. That doesn't happen with me. Well, not yet. And yeah, yeah. Really evaluate. Do you want to choose to be with a person that is so comfortable being so patronizing with people in their life? That doesn't mean that you immediately have to call that a deal breaker and be like, I'm getting out of this because you're an asshole sometimes, but to at least bring up the fact that, Hey, when you did this, it didn't make me feel great. It felt made me feel like you don't really care about these people. And that, that concerns me, you know, that's not how mm-hmm. I imagined mm-hmm. you in, that's not, that's not the version of you that I've gotten to know. So what's that about, right. you know, being able to actually like address it because mm-hmm. you don't want to just wave that off and be like, oh, it's fine. This is just how they are in those spaces, but never with me. Yeah. 100%. Because I like what you said, not yet. And also like, we, we train people how to treat us. And so if you allow it to happen once, twice, three times, so on and so forth, it's only setting the precedent that you're willing to accept that kind of treatment and behavior. And so the second you spot it, which is why Michelle is so, she's killing it because she is not allowing these behaviors to go unchecked, unaddressed. She's immediately sitting them down, having the conversations and ladies, we must do the same. We have to do the same. If we are looking for true, healthy, long-term, stable love, Mm. that's just the name of the game. Mm -hmm. Okay. More fun questions because this is, we're getting, this was a really heavy episode. So there was a lot of heavy information yeah. in here, but, um, who do you want to see more of? Pardeep's gone. We're going to mourn Pardeep for a second. Justice for Pardeep. He didn't get a flower. He didn't get a flower. Yeah. Pardeep for Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. We're at least like Bachelor in Paradise. I just like wanted, I mean, it, like you said, I could see that. Like you said last week, like it was, it, it's so clear in the editing who is and is not going to be featured on the show long-term because even if you find someone like Pardeep that is charming and adorable and you just like (laughs) want to get to know more about, but you actually never see them, it's likely because they're not important to the long-term storylines. And, and I hate that you let me be aware of that because I was like, ah, Pardeep's going and I know it. So Pardeep's gone. Yeah, um, it's so sad. Yeah. What other fun stuff you got? You'll be missed. You will be missed. Yeah. My line, Pardeep. I'm trying to get to um, know you. Hit my line. Yeah. DM <laughs> the Brie. Okay. I want to see more of Chris G. He has good white boy vibes. I feel like he's such a dork, but um, from just like his intro package. Mm. But I want to see more of him. And I also would love to see uh more of the harvard guy and clayton Mm. those are the three three that i we haven't seen much of yet yeah um but i'm curious to get to know them on michelle's journey and see what they're about we've gotten a little bit of some vocal contribution um from romeo but i want to get to know romeo better i actually at least want to see romeo oh is that harvard guide's name (laughs) did romeo harvard guys romeo Romeo go to harvard I don't know. I know Harvard guy, but I don't know his name and it might be Romeo. It could be Romeo. Well, has, has your experience of Harvard guy, has he been vocal in some of these other like dramatics, like the stuff that went down with Jamie? Did, did your Harvard guy speak up about that in confessionals? 
I can't remember. Mm. I just remember him being a great student on that group date in the front. And uh, he was the one that was like, I was trying to calculate how many seconds are in the day oh, when Michelle was yes. like, how many times is it acceptable to call me yes, beautiful? Yes, that's, that's wrong. Him, that's that Romeo. guy. I want to see them together. Yeah, that's wrong. I want to see them together more. We haven't gotten much of an opportunity to actually see them. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually wanted to talk about Brandon on the group date. He got the okay. Let's talk about it. um, And he was he did this thing that triggered me (laughs) from my own dating experiences. I want to hear about it. He was like obviously trying to be Mister Smooth Operator in the moment and like pulling in closer for the kiss, trying to make contact. And then Michelle sort of immediately, like, I think she tried to neutralize the situation and she called him Mm -hmm. out on something. I don't exactly remember what it was. And he was like, sort of like a little ego bruised and was like, Oh, you're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. And then just filling in time to get closer and closer and closer. And then like pulled in for contact And that made me feel weird, I think, because I just, it's really, I don't think that Michelle necessarily wanted to reject him in that moment. I think that I did because whatever he was doing felt kind of cringe to me. So, but it it was uncomfortable when Mm -hmm. like, when the person that you're in this like close space with is like bringing you in closer, it's sort of uncomfortable to be able to be like, back up, sir. But of course you have every right to say no, thanks. We're not going to do this right now. And you should, if that's how you feel, I should, if that's how I feel, but it, ah, yeah, it just sent me into a spiral. Yeah. She very much called it. So that's like kind of going back to what I said about how he was saying all the right things. That was when he was like, she was like, you're staring at me like really intense. And right. he was like, yeah, I want to memorize your face and have a dream right. about it later. Like he was going down that, which I wanted to stick my finger in my mouth and relieve the nausea. I was experiencing yeah, not, hearing that statement. Not stick your finger in um, your mouth for a fun reason. <laughs> I mean, I, um, to vomit. <laughs> to vomit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, we should probably put a trigger warning yeah, at the yeah. of this episode. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, she called him out on it. She was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you're saying all the right, but like she felt, she basically said like, this feels rehearsed. This feels a little too much too fast. And he was like, you're right. I'm nervous. And so she pulled back and then went in for the kiss. Anyway, they ended up making out whatever. So I feel like. I feel like here's the deal. If you've ever watched the movie Hitch where Will Smith's characters like you go 90, they go 10, I disagree. I get what he's trying to say, but you go 90, you go 10 is like after a couple dates when there's been a rapport built and that trust. Sure, this is not that circumstance. She's dating 30 people at the same time. She's maybe had an hour of time with each guy, if that, Mm -hmm. you know, where she's been able to really dedicate let's get to know you. I want to understand, you know, where you come from, who you are, all the things. Um, And so for him to try and put that move on her, I feel like with The Bachelor, it's really a rule. And I think with dating in general, it's a 50-50 rule. It's like, if you're trying to close the gap, close your own 
side of the gap first. And if it's not reciprocated, back the F off. Because if you keep trying to push and you go that 90 when there hasn't been multiple dates, when there hasn't been, you know, heart to heart convos and and emotional intimacy beginning to develop, it's like really off putting. Also, tension, really tension is sexy. So let's say you like a hundred percent, you're like, you're flirting and you're getting closer, but neither of you kiss. Like if you let that linger, that tension will build and it can be really hot. Agreed. And if you step away, okay. So hot. Some, some people might find if you step away, okay, he killed the buzz, but that just builds more tension for the next time. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And it's like, that's something to daydream about. You know, he's approaching her with this, like, I want to memorize your face so I can dream about it like a girl. Like, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, okay, let's do. I love that. That's my paraphrase. I love that. And and she. (laughs) I'm just going to pause for laughs. That's my theater (laughs) persephone coming out. Um, And, and. Um, you know, she clearly was like, not quite ready for it yet. But then after calling him out and him being like, you're right, I'm nervous and like kind of laughing at himself. She was like, all right, well now I can meet you halfway. Cause you're not being a prick about it. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, I, I, mm, dude, it's whereas, okay. My point in saying all that was if he had just let that sexual tension build, she would have been dreaming about him later, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it and that is something it is fun to fantasize about like what's it gonna what's our first kiss gonna feel like where's it gonna be how's it gonna happen like that is a really fun thing to enjoy while you're getting to know someone and um he did kind of rob her of that it's tough though because on on a show like the bachelor with so many people competing for the same partner you don't really get the luxury of like waiting to build too much before facilitating the connection Mm -hmm. that's that can be brought on by physical contact and kissing, right? Right. I mentioned this to my dad last night because he was like, wow, she's really making out with a lot of guys. I was like, well, one, first of all, that's her prerogative. That's what we came here to watch. So that's all fine in my book. But also a lot of these, at least on this season, these guys are gunning for it. They're putting pedal to the metal because they want Mm -hmm. to establish a connection so if, cause if you don't establish a connection, you will get voted off of the bachelorette Island. Right. Uh huh. That doesn't. Yep. And I think the flip side of that is, oh, oh I was ahead. just going to say, that doesn't mean that you have to do it with like making out. Um, but if you're feeling like there's no connection there, a, a, a quick route that a lot of people choose is to like make out. Doesn't mean it's always appropriate, but there it is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think it's also important to point out that uh, if you kiss or try and make a move too early, it also can very much shoot you in the foot, you know, where it's like for I don't know about you, but for me, kissing is like a big um, box to check uh, for uh, sexual intimacy. You know, like I want to make sure that you have a good kissing style and all of that. I feel like a lot of women could have could have probably agree with me on that. I do. And if if it's made if it's made prematurely, it is a huge turnoff for me. Mm. You know, especially yep. if the kiss if you're not a great kisser, you know? Yeah. And so it's just like it's an interesting 
this or that when it comes to which which move how do you want to play your move how do you want to position yourself for me i would lead with the but this is me this is alex you know but if i was in her position i would lead with wanting to feel emotionally safe and connected to the person before i had my tongue down his throat totally um and that means using your conversation time wisely which that to me is where a lot of people fail in this game of bachelor bachelorette kingdom joe on the other hand yeah i want my tongue in his throat yeah and you know so far he seems to be super humble and super like you know the fact that he lost found out about the death of his past coach which was super emotional and went on that date anyway and then shared that again you know played basketball without being a huge ham about it you know he wasn't being egotistical even one of the guys said you know Joe's really killing it and he's not being a dick about it. You know, it's like that, that to me, I gave Joe a couple brownie points Mm -hmm. there. You know, after last week I was tentative about like, you ghosted her. Now you're here. Are you here for the right Right. reasons? Are you here for the cloud? And um, the fact that he wasn't being a ball hog or trying to be like, you know, I'm the best player on this team. So you all need to get me the ball. You know, it's, that was huge for me to see with him. They're having a love and basketball moment, and I am very here for it. I think they're really, <laughs> really cute. And um, yeah, it's, it, I, it, it's clearly their connection is big and it's threatening. And that's why we got a lot of the events that took place after that with Jamie. But it's because they have a good thing and it's very clear to other people getting in some people's heads true all right friends so if you liked this episode make sure to leave a review or share it follow us on the gram and tiktok at ditch the script pod and again if you have any questions about your love life dating relationships all the things head to our website at ditch the script pod.com and submit it to us we'd be happy to answer it for you let us know what's going on that's it. We want to know. This is this yeah. so far. It's a one-sided relationship, yeah. and and I would love to know. Okay, <laughs> sign or hear more. Of. Bye. Bye.